Hey, welcome to The Rundown. I am BJ, back again after a little bit of a hiatus. I'm here with Elizabeth, my co-host. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi. How are you? And Mark, our producer, are you here? I'm here. Hello. Hello. And I have a special guest today, Anais Takarian, who is our current Brick Lab artist. Hello, Anais. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. So what were we just listening to? That was beautiful, Anais. I believe that is from you. Yes, that's the, the title song of... Um, my new CD, which will be released this spring, and uh, the guitarist is Anna Garano, who's not involved with the project uh, at the Brick Lab, but um, this song sort of inspired this project. And is that you singing? Yes, that's my voice. Wow, amazing. Are you singing in the Brick Lab? I am. Oh, it's a treat for everybody. So you said that's from your new album. What's your album called? Saltless Sea. Saltless Sea. Okay, terrific. And so you are the current Brick Lab artist. And for everyone listening, if you don't know, the Brick Lab is our two-week residency program here at Brick for performing artists to expand and explore the possibilities of their work in theater, dance, interdisciplinary, music. And I feel like your piece has many of those things all in one. Can you tell me a little bit about it, about the inspiration for it? I hear that it is a very famous Armenian folk tale or story in Armenian lore about Tamar. Exactly. Um, so my collaborator, Kevok Murad, who's a visual artist, uh, and I decided we loved this legend, which, as you said, is very well known in Armenian culture. And it tells the story of Tamar, who's a princess on an island in the middle of Lake Van. And this island is called Achtamar. It still exists. But the legend goes that she was a princess on this island and refused all the rich suitors her father, the king, would send for her and instead fell in love with a poor fisherman. And for him, she would light a fire on her island at night to guide him across the water to her. And one day, uh, jealous suitors were sent to extinguish the fire and he drowned mid-swim, having no light to guide him anymore. And his dying words were, Ach, Tamar. Ach being, you know, an expression of woe in Armenian. And that dying cry named the island. And just <laughs> the melodrama wow. of it is too irresistible. We yeah. had to we had to do something with it. Yeah, it's so heavy. Mm-hmm. So her suitor, the one she loved, drowned in the water trying to get to her. Yes. And Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing with this story in your piece that will be in the Brick Lab. And I should say it's called Island of Size is the name of the piece you're working on. Yes. So how does this story inform that work? So, of course, for me, the more interesting character in the story is, is Tamar and the idea of what she does after this huge loss. The idea of what one's narrative is, especially after loss, is something that interests me. And so for this piece, I created a bunch of songs which all sort of have to do with the stages of grief. And so we present the story, the the legend and all its, you know, simple beauty, but then we um, tell the story of Tamar after 
this huge, this trauma, and hopefully the audience will be able to read other things into it. But we we are giving the story through song and projected visuals, um, which is something that Kevork is um, has been working with for a few decades now, <laughs> um, and dance. Yes, those three. Yeah, and from what I understand, he actually draws onto a, I saw him working on this, he's drawing live, and that live drawing is being projected up on the wall, is that correct? Exactly, he's in the space and he's drawing live. He also has pre-made animations which get projected onto the screens, and so it's a mix between live and and pre-made. And you, I, if I understand correctly, interact with some of that? Those drawings, is Indeed. that correct? Both the dancer and I are interacting with, with the drawings quite a bit and with the, the projected images. Um, because the what is projected on the screen is not just the setting or the set design. It's, it's much more than that. And hopefully when the audience watches the piece, the audience will be um, responding to the various elements that all are supposed to weave together to create the story. And they all are telling similar ideas but in different ways so ideally it'll be perceived as a multidisciplinary poem and the audience can can find the strands of the metaphors they want in the different media uh, amazing and I saw you had the dancer or a dancer with you the other day can you talk to me about him and what he adds to the piece so Fadi is um a, a dancer from Lebanon. He's a choreographer and he's got his own company here. And uh, he's a beautiful dancer and he represents the, the fisherman, the lover in the piece. And um, yeah, the because the story is so um, <laughs> romantic and, and intense in that way that Armenian stories tend to be it seemed <laughs> fitting to have uh, a dancer with this beautiful presence represent that very sensually hmm. and physically yeah his lines were stunning yes <laughs> you were in the middle it was such a, a lovely portrait I wish I could have captured it of the two of you in the middle of the artist studio in this beautiful embrace working on this movement and the lines were gorgeous and then all around you was this chaos <laughs> of hanging lights and ladders and crew people y- you know y- I say yelling at each other not in a mean way just like you know telling each other what needs to be done and cables and cords and it was just chaos and there you were in the middle just completely focused it's like nobody was around you it was such an interesting thing to watch um so i was quite taken with how focused you were able to stay in that chaos so i hope you got work done in the midst of all of that <laughs> indeed well it's a small uh, <laughs> bit of time that we have to work on this we have to make <laughs> we will be focused <laughs> and so talk to me about it sounds like this story and this tale and what you're saying is quite personal can you talk to me a little bit about your personal connection to Akhtamar, your personal connection to what it is you're saying with this piece I, th- I think as many people, I've I've had some big losses in my life, and that has caused me obviously to think about how one recovers from that. Um, it's always something. Somehow, there are two themes that often come into my work. I realize one is the theme of motherhood because I lost my mother 
much earlier than I would have liked and and then soon after became a mother. Um, that and also just the idea of defining your own story, especially as an artist, I'm constantly sort of wondering what what my role is and and feeling this strange sense of it's strange but for the the slight guilt of the narcissism of putting yourself out there and wanting people to look and watch you and and feeling that that's okay but at the same time you know you're you're basically doing it for no pay you're putting it out there because you want to you want to hopefully touch people and it's what you have to give so you're giving as much as you can um but just that idea of what my story is supposed to be um, because I guess when you're an artist maybe it's less defined than when you choose certain other professions I don't know because it's my own path and I'm trying to figure it out so I tend to be drawn to characters who have this um, who are in this situation of not necessarily having a clear path in front of them and so the whole legend is, you know, she loses her love and then Tamar is left on this island and you have no idea what happens to her afterwards. So I had to do something with that. And and just the idea of her dying, his dying sigh, naming the island is so beautiful. And there's something about the idea of place, her being trapped in this place that's now defined by loss and the power of language, too, that a cry is now the name of the place also seemed very significant to me. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. And so Island of Size is this Thursday and Friday, March 22nd and 23rd at 7 p.m. It is a work in progress. I invite everyone to come and view it through the lens of a work in progress. It is an offering. It is working towards the finished piece it's in development that is the ethos of the brick lab and so i hope folks will come out and give feedback it's a big part of the process is for the artists to bring audience into this process and to gauge the audience response and to talk to the audience and to find out what struck them and what didn't so i hope it'll come out uh, this thursday and friday march 22nd 23rd at seven tickets are only eight dollars in advance twelve dollars at the door um, and Anais, I feel like you're also coming to a Stoop series coming up in April. I, so I feel like I should talk about that for just a second. Can you tell me about the Stoop series? The Stoop series is our Tuesday night free events on the Stoop, that big gallery space and Stoop when you first walk in the building. What is the that event? I'm not involved in it at all. And I'm so curious. It's um, an event about... Um, in honor of the 100th anniversary of when Armenia um, became a nation. And I mean, the 100th anniversary of the Armenian genocide was just two years ago, three years ago. Um, they're giving an event um, celebrating women uh, poets and the voices of women in Armenian culture. And so in the event, there will be a lot of Armenian poetry spoken, I think, in English. But um, And my trio, which is an Armenian folk trio, will sing songs, which... Um, come from Armenian, which are Armenian folk songs. And that's something that we've been doing for 15 years is uh, giving Armenian folk through three uh, voices. We're an acapella trio. And so really very much talking about 
women's issues through song. Mm, that's wonderful. When is that? It's in that April? will be April 10th. Okay. So a couple of chances to check out Anais's poetry in the Brick Lab, the offering of the multidisciplinary poem, Island of Size, or the folk trio uh, in April. So this is the last Brick Lab of our season. It's so crazy. It's so wild. And you, I feel like you are the Anais, the, I don't know, I feel like I should hire you because you have come to, I think, all of the Brick Labs this year. The all. Mm -hmm. Almost. Yeah, I feel like the only time you've missed is if you've been out of town. So that's going back to the fall. You've been to every single one. Is there anything, I know they're all your favorite and you love them all, but is there anything in particular that hasn't left you, that is still sitting with you, that you haven't forgotten? Is there a moment? Uh, there's. I mean, I would have to choose a moment in each. Oh, okay. Let's talk about maybe the one that just that just happened since it's the freshest. Did you see Tatiana Pandiani's Azuro Traves Blue Revisited, yes. the music with theater, so or the theater with music piece? So maybe we'll talk about that one just because it just ended and it's the most fresh. What is there a moment that struck you that's still sticking with you from that one? Well, I loved the music so much, and something about the the central figure that actor and his character um, was so touching. He just, he really moved me, his character and the, the portrayal by the actor. Something so touching about him um, that really stayed with me. Yeah, he was so warm as a person, and I feel like that came out, that Very the affability so. and the warmth. As I think his character is technically Ruben Dario, the artist, also searching for his way. So, And you wanted to connect with him. Yes. And it was very easy, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you. that, And thank you for coming to so many. It's been so nice having... Well, it was from myself that I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to have your feedback. So, goodness, that's, that's wrapping up the spring. And then as we continue looking forward in the spring, we have... Uh, you know, obviously this Thursday, Friday, Anais's piece, Island of Size, at 7. The Knights are coming back on April 12th and April 14th. And Kavork has actually worked with the Knights before. So it's yes, one big happy family here this spring. <laughs> completely one big happy family. So the Knights are coming back. They've got their, oh, it's going to be so fun. It's the, um, they are performing new arrangements of Brahms Hungarian dances. And they're going to be working with Black Sea Hotel. So Black Sea Hotel will be opening for them and then also singing with them during the Knights' piece. And there's also a world premiere arrangement of Ligeti's Hungarian Rock by Michael Atkinson, which is one of the Knights' horn players. So it's a really, really fun, incredible evening coming up on Thursday, April 12th at 8, and then the family matinee, which is so great for the young ones. We've talked about this before, of how chill they are, and how all ages really are welcome, and you can come and go, and the the nights, you know, shorten, they tighten up the set so that it's, you know, about an hour, which is just perfect for the young people, and so that's on April 14th at 2 o'clock. And then right in the middle of those two things is the Look and Listen Festival, um, have you, Mark or Elizabeth, have you done the Look and Listen Festival? I haven't. No, or been I don't to think it? I have either. No. It's so we're the we're one of the stops. It's this festival. It's an outside festival. It's where we partner with them, but it's an outside festival, and they bring contemporary classical music into art galleries and contemporary art settings. So hence the look and the listen. Oh, 
<laughs> it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> and so they have Susie Ibarra and Claire Chase are going to be part of the Look and Listen Festival on April 13th in the gallery. It's totally free. They play essentially in the art gallery. So there'll be a giant piano set up in that space and all these musicians inside the gallery. And then you can look at the beautiful art and listen to the beautiful music. And that will be on the 13th at 8 o'clock. So lots of music coming up, which is always fun. What else is happening? Brickhouse Sessions, Elizabeth, are those we, over? Or are they still happening? Have two more. Oh, my goodness. So we have one next Thursday with um, this artist called Ife. He'll be making his uh, U.S. debut here at Brick, which will be very fun and special. So fancy. And then, I mean, we're so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is The Nights, like you mentioned, oh, right. and yeah. that is on the 12th. But other than That's that, right. we're then we'll just be gearing up for our big Celebrate Brooklyn festival. What is this? Wait, what? What's this festival? (laughs) (laughs) Our summer-long festival in Prospect Park um, at the Banshell, and we're actually opening with Common on June 5th, which will be super fun. And this whole summer, we'll also be celebrating our 40th anniversary um, of doing the festival. So it's a big milestone and we're working on the artists, but we have a couple really solid and exciting artists planned. Besides Common, because that feels I like know. festival done. <laughs> He's just the beginning. Yeah, Common. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, that's in June, early June. Yes, early right? June. Okay. So wrapping up the spring season in April. I feel like May is a little bit of a prep month. I th- we'll have to find things to talk about in May. <laughs> Maybe we'll Mark has some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> what I've got a few. Okay, yeah. great. All right. We'll talk. Off, uh, yeah, off we'll mic. talk. We'll talk off mic. Um, you can send in your listener requests now <laughs> for what we talk about in May. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, maybe we can bring Anais back in and she can play <laughs> music live for us. That nice. Ooh, that's actually a good idea. Anyway, uh, so Anais, thanks for coming in today. It was Thank so you. lovely talking to you. I can't wait to work with you more this week. And we usually close every episode with getting a little personal. Elizabeth, do you have a question for us? Well, yeah, now that we're, we've talked about the spring and wrapping it up, um, it's just finally going to start to get nice outside. So I wanted to see Are if anyone sure? had. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see if anyone had any like some spring traditions that they do outside or just local events that are going on that you're getting excited for. Mm, great question. I know I'm ready to go back to the, um, the botanical gardens for these at the cherry blossoms. Yes. I've been there once before. Um, and I've been dying to go back. And now it's pretty close to both where we work and where I live. So, Yeah, compared to Boston. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that'll be nice. I forgot that that was coming up. Yeah. It's coming up, right? I think in April. Yeah. Well, so just in a month. We're about to get a snowstorm, so it feels like well, yes. it's not coming up. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll come. But it will come. Mark? I like to go to uh, Tatiana's in Brighton Beach, which is right on the boardwalk. It's a it's a Russian place, and they've got outdoor seating right on the boardwalk. And they give you I can't remember what it's called, but it's really hot bread. It's like a bread or sorry, really hot cheese. It's like a cheese loaf. Okay. And then they just give you giant Balticas, and then you can just sit there for hours and watch the old people on. <laughs> 
brain. Yes, there's so it's great, great people watching it. Yeah, that and is. it's good sun. Nobody's out there. Like nobody outside of the locals. It's very mellow, and I just like places as well where they're not rushing you to empty the table, and they're yeah. just like, "What do you want? Cool, we got you. Chill out here." And the place you walk inside, it's so opulent. It's like. It's like a bar mitzvah threw up. It's like it's <laughs> it's very it's it's so ostentatious and 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 epic inside the place. Uh, so I, I really like going there when the weather warms up. Mm, sounds nice. Yeah, I um, might have to borrow that from you. Please, that's such a good idea. Yeah, I do love going to Brighton Beach in the summertime. The and. Certainly, my husband will run and go find some beer and hang out at a Russian yep. spot. It might even be Tatiana's. I don't know where he goes. <laughs> it might be. I'm usually like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to stay in the sand by the beach. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Anais, what are you looking forward to for spring? Right now, I don't have any huge ambitions because I've got, I've got a very, very full April. So I guess what I'm most looking forward to is for it to be warm enough to take my girls out to play and for me to take long walks along the Hudson in the evening, which is when I do my thinking. And I love being able to stroll in not freezing weather and just think. Mm, Sounds nice. Spring traditions. Well, today is the vernal equinox, everybody. That's true. In case you hadn't gotten the memo from NASA. (laughs) It is today. It varies depending on the year. It is somewhere around 19th, 20th, 21st of March. Uh, so even though I think the official day of spring on our calendars maybe is tomorrow. Or it might be. It yeah. might be. Yeah. Today is actually the vernal equinox this year, which means that it's about 12 hours of nighttime of darkness and 12 hours of daytime is what that means. And so we are evenly splitting. And then from here, the days just get longer and longer. So that is something to look forward to, certainly. But, you know, I'm I'm a little bit, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit beat down by this cold snap we've mm-hmm. had the past week and a half. This is a common a thing that happens to me every year in March is that my southern self, I am from Texas, still anticipates the it getting warmer in March. And it doesn't happen in New York City, I feel like, since I've been here. It does not get warmer in March. It is like that last gasp of winter, mm-hmm. and then yeah. maybe April it starts to get warm. And I still, after, goodness, I've been here almost 10 years, I'm still, my body is not accustomed to this last spitting of winter. <laughs> and I'm going to call it a spitting, because <laughs> it is spitting on me. It feels bitter. It feels, yeah. it, this time of year, the, the winter feels the most bitter. Yes. It's just like, it is cutting through me. Yeah. It is. It's like... It's doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a personality. It's like, oh, vernal equinox, spring? Yeah. Really? How about a nor'easter? Because, <laughs> right, there's one coming. Right. right. It's your friend that's just staying on the couch, and you're like, so, you uh, you going <laughs> right. to look for an apartment? Yes. It's like, maybe oh. won't you? Yeah. You're just eating oh, cereal. Yes. Yeah. Mark, yeah. you are the king of metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a new podcast. It might be. Mark's yeah. metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> One minute each week. One minute each week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's been so lovely talking to you all. It's good to be back in the studio. Anais, thank you again for sharing your art with us. We'll see you all hopefully this Thursday and Friday, March 22nd, 23rd at 7 o'clock. And I think that we're going to have more of Anais's album to play us out. Thanks for listening to The Rundown, everybody. Tell me, oh, tell me what's now my story, my.
first for the sky night closes in I can't peel it away It clings like a shroud It darkens the day Tell me, oh tell me After my story How do I leave my island of stone Named for his sadness 